Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Yesterday, thank you to the 23,460 who voted at Smirconish.com on this question. Do you agree with David Rubenstein, the proposal he makes? Biden promises to pardon Trump if Trump drops out and Biden commits he himself will not run. 70.72% said no way to that. Today's poll question relates to our being in the midst of a huge demographic shift, something that I will get to in the second hour of the program with a special guest. But I, I just want you to consider this as I frame the question. Generational data from the 2020 census shows the upward march of racial diversity by age group. In other words, non-Hispanic white people make up 77% of those over the age of 75. 67% of those who are 55 to 64, 55% of the 35 to 44 cohort and barely half of the 18 to 24 year old age group. So the political significance, I think, is obvious. I'm asking, do demographics pose an existential threat to the GOP or can the party expand its reach among non-whites? We'll do that with William Fry in hour two. I'm really excited to welcome Pulitzer Prize winning political cartoonist Steve Breen to the program in the third hour of the program. He just came aboard for the Daily Newsletter, which means we now have three Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonists associated with the DailySmirconish.com newsletter. And and you're only going to be able to see their work in my newsletter, with the exception of today, because it's so good and I want people to know, oh, if you want to see more of this, then you've got to come to Smirconish.com. So check out my social media to see what Steve wrote for us or illustrated for us today. I asked him to please try and be an equal opportunity offender. And man, was he ever in today's cartoon, which is hysterical and accurate. But first, today's news compels me to tell you a story that I otherwise might not have. Yes, we were off. Last week, I was off last week. Our family went away for a couple of days. Uh, we were in Hudson Valley, New York, at a pretty cool hotel. Maybe I'll tell you more about that later. On one of the four nights that we were there, I may or may not have found myself 
in the spa. I may or might may not have found myself in the men's locker room in the spa. How did wearing, I get here? Wearing, Where am I? Wearing a bathrobe and, you know, sandals or slippers or whatever they were, hoping that I could just fly under the radar screen because I may or may not have been there for a service. Who recognized you? A listener. <laughs> A listener greets me oh, in my bathroom. Best. And by the Isn't way, there a code. It Aren't wa- you supposed to not? Right. I'm sorry. Right. Like, not come in on. The spa. It's 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 like if someone's eating dinner, you don't approach them. But if they're leaving the restaurant, you can. If someone's in the bathrobe, you don't oh. approach them. But if they're outside walking around the grounds, you can. Yeah. I think that's where that you draw the line. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm with you. Little note to listeners. I'm with you. Okay. Love that listener. But by the Bless. way, by the way, th- this was soon after our arrival. Now, upon arrival. Mm-hmm. The gentleman at the check-in desk wanted to alert me to the fact. How about this one, TC? Oh, you're go- you you have a great room. He tells me. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, he said it's where I celebrated Valentine's Day. Okay, too, something too else. Way, I don't too much. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm putting the pass key in the door, <laughs> and I'm envisioning no, his not. good time no, in my room. No, you're not. Please tell me you weren't. That's amazing. So back to the spa. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm there, and I have a gym bag, and it's got it's got my brass knuckles, and my beef jerky, and my dip, rose scented oil. Um, it had my Jason Aldean CDs, Stop. some of my Chuck Norris morning kick. I mean, what? I got all that in my gym bag, but still, I'm recognized. And and why do you why I'm, do you have to feel like it, because you're in a spa that's not manly? Because it it makes me totally out of the everyman persona. Oh yeah, no. Right? No. You are not a man of the people. If not you're not your if you're in a spa nope. and not about to undergo a a you know, a masculine treatment. So you were getting the sports massage? Is that what you're talking about? And I don't really want to know what you mean by that. Anyway, on the subject of whether you're a man of the people. Was it the Hot Rocks one where they like rub you down with oil and then mm, like those muscles? On the subject of whether you are a man of the people and if you're running for office. Uh, I'm thinking about a timeline of like who got themselves into a position because they were shown to be at odds with common folk. And I got to say, it's my hero who first comes to mind when I go back. Papa Bush. In 1992, it was Papa Bush who was bewildered by the barcode scanner. I think it was orange juice. I forget where he was, but I can picture he's like, hey, what? You know, like, what's this? Like, what's this? Um, fast forward to 1993, the man who would defeat in the 92 election, my hero, uh, my hero being defeated by this individual, William Jefferson Clinton, and I went and took a quick look today to remind myself of what happened at LAX in the early 90s when Clinton got a haircut. And and by the way, how about this? You know who wrote the New York Times coverage? Tom Friedman. No. Thomas Friedman. I bet I'll bet he didn't have an opinion column then. He was probably doing news reporting. Quote, it may have been the most expensive haircut in history. Two of Los Angeles International Airport's four runways shut down for nearly an hour on Tuesday. Some incoming flights were delayed, and Air Force One sat on the tarmac with engines running, all so that President Clinton's Beverly Hills hairstylist, Kristoff, could come aboard and give Mr. Clinton a high-priced trim before he took off for Washington. It's even funnier. George Stephanopoulos... 
is quoted in the story. Quote, everybody has to get a haircut, he said. I think the president normally gets his haircut sometime during the week. It happens at different places. As you know, he's a very busy schedule, and he just tries to work it in when he can, and that's when we were able to work it in. How I, I just go back on these things and think, how on earth could they have thought that was a good idea? Well, how? you know where I'm, so, such where an I'm going era. and what I'm, what I'm building to. There's right? so much. <laughs> hey, um, by the way, foundation, strong. Exactly. Okay, Al Gore. And now, it's funny because I started to think of these, and I was going back and forth with Mark Halpern this morning. And and Mark Mark said to me, oh, my God, dying, just (laughs) dying. And Mark said to me, what about Gore with, quote, no controlling legal authority? I didn't remember. But in 1997, when Al Gore was vice president, he was called on the carpet for potentially violating the Hatch Act. You can't be political in certain situations when you're working for the government. The question was whether Gore had made fundraising calls from the White House and he said that, well, I have the I have the quote, my counsel advises me there is no controlling legal authority or case that says there was any violation of law. Like who speaks like that? So I say to Mark, this is all by email. I'm like, wait a minute. Gore, it's not, you know, no controlling legal authority. It's the kiss. It's the kiss in 2000. And then Mark said to me, no, that made him a man of the people. So I had to go back and watch the video of Gore kissing Tipper. It was cringeworthy. How long do you think it was? The kiss? Yeah. I just remember there was too many open mouths. It was too much going on. I don't know. Three seconds. That's it. Again, from the Times coverage. In Vice President Al Gore's campaign to change his robotic image, nothing may have helped more than the big smooch. Mr. Gore stepped on stage at the Democratic convention on Thursday, greeted his wife, Tipper, with a quick embrace and a kiss on the lips. But instead of letting go, as nice politicians are supposed to do, he wrapped her tighter in his arms, closed his eyes and gave her a full mouth kiss that lasted an exceptionally long time. Peren, actually three seconds. We have tapes and we counted. Okay, John Kerry, John Kerry, 2003 getting ready to run against uh, W, actually already running, I guess, against W. He comes to Philadelphia, and what does he do? He orders a cheesesteak. That's okay. He orders it at Pat's. That's okay. But he ordered it with Swiss cheese. Dana Milbank writes this up in the Washington Post. Senator John F. Kerry's presidential aspirations melt like a dollop of cheese whiz in the sun. The trouble may well be traced to an incident in South Philadelphia on Monday. There, the Massachusetts Democrat went to Pat Steaks and ordered a cheesesteak with Swiss cheese. If that weren't bad enough, the candidate asked photographers not to take his picture while he ate the sandwich. Shutters clicked anyway, and Kerry was caught nibbling daintily at his sandwich. Another serious faux pas. Do you know what I also remember about this? Go ahead. You can say it. Something about the pinky. He had an elongated nail on one of his fingers so that he could play folk guitar. <laughs> I'm not getting that in the story. I'm remembering that. You're like, remembering that. How do you sell it? Because you were on morning radio oh, yeah. in Philadelphia, drive oh. time radio at the time. And it was. TC, it's more than all that. All consuming. TC, for shits and giggles. I know what you're Liberal about to say. Liberal Paul and I. <laughs> Paid for 
and produced a TV commercial, <laughs> and we called it Cheesesteak Veterans for, for Truth. Truth. Paul's probably embarrassed about this now, right, G- given his political ideology. I'm not. It was just for fun, and we actually aired the commercial on the O'Reilly Factor. Oh, God. Now you're saying, wait a minute, you, you two guys spent that kind of money? It was actually dirt cheap to do it because we simply made a Philly buy on the O'Reilly factor. And it was like, if he can't, if and he wasn't can't it order a cheesesteak. like steak, a 204 blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, you guys. Oh my like, God. We had to file yeah. out all the paperwork and yeah. form a political action yeah. just for a couple of laughs. Right. If I find that commercial, I'll put it in my social media today. Please do. I think it might be on my YouTube page I think somewhere. I so um, Carrie, by the way, also windsurfed oh, in 2000. Dear. You can't windsurf oh, you if can't. you're running for president. Maybe swim, but only if your body's decent. Okay. To, by the way, there must be a question I'm about to ask the audience in all this. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just, I just, because of There's Pence, something. because of Pence pumping gas, Correct. I'm reminded of all of these moments of awkwardness where you say, hmm, geez, I don't know if I really want to have a beer with him. Uh, okay. 2007, the New Republic later recreated what happened with President Obama uh, under the headline, When Obama Sold Out the Kale Crowd. It was seven years ago this July that Barack Obama brought his presidential campaign to the Van Fossen Farm in Adel or Adele, Iowa. There, standing between corn and soybean fields, he held forth on agricultural issues. Obama didn't have a lot in common with Iowa farmers. In his Chicago neighborhood, he conceded, the main livestock is squirrels. But that didn't stop him from trying to feel the farmer's pain in a way that he knew how. Remarking on failing crop prices, are you, are you reaching for the audio? No, okay. Obama asked, has anybody gone to Whole Foods lately and seen what they charge for arugula? I mean, they're charging a lot of money for this stuff. That's Obama when he's running in 07. In 08, you might, you might remember or not remember this, but John McCain is, is in New Mexico and there's this exchange. How many houses do you and Mrs. McCain have? I think uh, I'll, I'll have my staff get to you. I'll okay. tell you about it. Hey, so I have many of them for their... Uh, I'll have them get to you. Okay, thank you. Politico says the correct answer was at least four, located in Arizona, California, and Virginia. Uh, Newsweek estimated that the couple owns at least seven. A Politico analysis later found that McCain's family owned at least eight properties according to property and tax records as well as interviews uh back to obama now it's 2009 and i have to tell you this had an influence on me this is the president ordering a cheeseburger but order uh, inquiring as to whether they have dijon mustard now the clip i have is wrapped yeah, I want that. You want that too? Okay. Yeah, okay. because it it illustrates how they made fun of Obama for this. Is it uh, is it Hannity? Okay, so listen to this. As you all know, President Obama is a real man of the people, and yesterday he dropped by a popular Virginia restaurant to grab a burger with his pal Joe. Now take a look at him ordering his burger with a very special condiment. Condiment. Uh, your basic cheddar cheeseburger, medium well. I just want mustard, no ketchup. If you got uh, like a spicy mustard or something like that, or a Dijon mustard, something like that, Dijon mustard, something like that. So I have to tell you, this is true. I I was not a mustard on a burger person. Obama, President Obama, not only put in my head 
mustard on a cheeseburger. He put in my head Dijon mustard oh. on a on a cheeseburger. And and ever since two thousand and nine, our house has always had like Grey Poupon or a Dijon mustard. And I put mustard on my cheeseburger and I thank him for that. And while you're doing that, you just are, swallowed. You, are you wearing your bathrobe from the spa? <laughs> <laughs> because you're such a man of the people. I don't want to be rushed in this. I'm having There's too much so fun. Much. I'm having too much it's fun. It's too good. Is there a question in this or yes. are we just having fun? Yes. The question is... We haven't even gotten to Pence yet. Well, that will be the question. Like, it, how much is this going to hurt him, right? I don't know. It's just fun. It's just fun. There's All right. definitely we have a question more. We have more. Uh, one question I'll ask is, who am I leaving out? Oh, But I'm not finished not yet. Not finished I'm yet. not finished yet. Let's start thinking. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. We don't know what we're calling this. Uh, non man of the people moments. H.W., my hero, bewildered by the barcode scanner in 92. Clinton gets the haircut tying up traffic at LAX in 93. Uh, Gore, no controlling legal authority in 97. The kiss in 2000. Uh, John Kerry ordering a cheesesteak in Philly with Swiss cheese, then windsurfing. Obama praising arugula and bemoaning the price at Whole Foods. McCain doesn't know how many houses he owns. Obama orders with Dijon mustard. Uh, 2011. 
2011, this is not a, a, a complete list, but this is what came to my mind as I was preparing for today's program. It's Mitt Romney, 2011, the Iowa State Fair. And if we are ultimately, not just this year, but over the coming decades, going to be able to balance our budget and not spend more than we take in, we have to make sure that the promises we make in Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare are promises we can keep. And there are various ways of doing that. One is we can raise taxes on people. That's not the way. That's right. Corporations are people, my friend. We can raise taxes on. Of course they are. Everything corporations earn ultimately goes to people. It's just all all of these moments that you could never predict. It's just underscoring what I continually say here. We have no idea what's to come. You know, it occurs to me there's a food theme. Food gets candidates in trouble whether it's Dijon or arugula or a cheesesteak, right? Uh, Donald Trump, do you remember this? 2016, he's with Sarah Palin. I I think he was, you know, like in uh, courting her, entertaining her as a potential. Did he want her endorsement or was he was he floating the idea that she was going to be? I have no idea what that was a running mate, not a running mate. All I know is they were in Midtown. And and he went to some pizza joint to be a man of the people. And then what did he do? He ate it with a knife and fork. Knife and fork. But was it, wasn't it even like a plastic knife and fork? Like it was bad. It was all bad. What I most remember about this was a line from John Stewart at the time, because this was right in the prime of Trump dogging Obama for his birth certificate. And John Stewart said about Trump that he wanted to see Trump's long form birth certificate because he was now convinced that he had not been born in New York because no one born in New York would ever eat their pizza with a knife and fork. Um, 2022, 2022, right here in my backyard, this another food one, another food related one. You'll remember this. I thought I did some grocery shopping. I'm at Wegner's, and I, my wife wants Wagner's. some vegetables for crudite, right? So, <laughs> the broccoli. That's two bucks. Not a ton of broccoli here. There's some asparagus. That's four dollars. It's so wrong. Everything about it is wrong. Why are we running through all of these? We're running through all of these because former Vice President Mike Pence has put out a campaign commercial, which I think is important because it's an unforced error. It's not as if someone spied Pence trying to pump gas and surreptitiously recorded him on a cell phone. No, this is a campaign commercial. Listen very carefully and see if you it's visual, but there there will be things here that will be tells about it. Hey, everybody. Mike Pence here. Remember $2 a gallon gas? I do. And then Joe Biden became president of the United States and launched his war on energy. Since that time, gasoline prices are up 60 percent. Electricity prices are up 25 percent. Joe Biden's war on energy is causing real hardship you hear the beeping? for working families, small businesses so, and families. I'll tell you if you haven't seen it. He gets out of the cab and we'll, we'll put it on our Facebook page as well so that you can very easily take a look at the Pence campaign commercial. He gets out. First of all, there's no, he doesn't reach for his wallet. Like, think of all the things you do. He doesn't reach for his wallet. He doesn't stick a credit card into the machine. Uh, he now reaches for the pump. He never squeezes, nor does he... He doesn't squeeze when he's pumping, but nor does he ever make a selection as to what his gas is, which I guess is why the beeping is taking place. It's beeping place. at you. It's beeping at you to choose the, the, the quality that you want of fuel, and he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. And he doesn't squeeze. I mean, the whole thing, and it's just completely overshadows his message 
because everyone's like, right. he is either a terrible actor or he has never pumped gas before. Because Which one? He's the everyman, you know, bemoaning the price of gas. Right. Right. I but remember yet, how, could he po- how could he possibly yeah. know exactly if he doesn't know how to pump the gas? I've left one thing off the list. All right, let's just see if Brian wants to. Hey, Brian, you want to you want to give me one that I've not yet referenced? I, I've left something off the list because I consider it to be the gold standard. But go ahead. Give me your suggestion. Yeah, the the one I think that cost him the election, and and you saw it was Dukakis in the battle tank with an oversized helmet. I mean, it, I think that was the ultimate, you know, uh, the ultimate faux pas. There is they they didn't try it out ahead of time. They didn't think, you know, it, it, and that was the first thing I thought of when I saw the pinch video. I was like, you can hear the beeping in the background. Like, you've got to find a way to at least drown that out, if nothing else. Or in our you know, if in you our. Do th- in our YouTube thumbnail today, you, of course, are 100% correct, and that's exactly what I intended to finish with. Thank you, Brian. In our YouTube video today, we have a split screen for the thumbnail where, on one hand, it is Pence pumping gas, and in the other, it is Michael Dukakis in the tank. This was the 1988 campaign. I have to tell you, Josh King, writing, he's authored a book on presidential advance, writing for Politico in 2013, published an exhaustive analysis of how that all came to be. Like, how in the world did they not know they were making a huge mistake? And from Josh King's piece, there's this. Matt Bennett can still hear the reporters laughing, all 90 of them. He can still picture Sam Donaldson doubled over, guffawing on a riser that looked out over a dusty field in suburban Detroit. Bennett was a 23-year-old political rookie in 1988 when he was sent to a General Dynamics facility in Sterling Heights, Michigan, to organize a campaign stop for Democratic presidential nominee Michael Dukakis. It was to be a ride in a 68-ton M1A1 Abrams main battle tank. The visit meant to bolster the candidate's credibility as a future commander in chief would go down as one of the worst campaign backfires in history. Following the event, after reporters laughter subsided and Dukakis's entourage was preparing to leave, one of the candidate's traveling aides approached Bennett. Nice event, Matt, he deadpanned. It may have cost us the election. But besides that, It was great. We'll get the inside story on the Dukakis tank incident. And yes, what did I leave off the list? Can you think of something where a candidate has revealed themselves to be, well, distant and not exactly a person? And I've I've got all men. I wish I had a uh, I wish I had a female example here as well. But it's the guys who all stand out. The basket of deplorables. Nah. Doesn't really count. It's just like just that a just, bad to statement. To me, like a bad statement. Well, that the corporations are people too. That's also similar, right, like but, in the same vein. Maybe. But that he would believe that, right? You know what I mean? Would just right. just sort well, of set him. How about this? What are we asking? What are the moments that set the candidates apart? Where all of a sudden you said, "Oh, wait a minute, that doesn't sound so routine." The ones where you would say campaigns are like footballs, and you never yeah. know which way they're going to bounce. Right. What causes the weird bounce? Right. What. What candidate has been exposed, that's a bad word choice, given where I'm going, has been revealed to have been in a spa, you know, getting a service at the same time they claim to have brass knuckles in their man bag. 
This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Okay, I finally have figured out how to caption this portion of the program. It took me 40 minutes. They aren't like us. They aren't like us. Kenosha, John, give me a moment that I didn't have on my list. What is it? All right, Howard Dean, 2004, strolls in the, into the DNC, looking like the presumptive nominee, and all of a sudden, comes out, and it's over. <laughs> You are absolutely Arizona right. and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. It's yeah! <laughs> true. Renee, what did I leave off the list? You're in San Francisco. DeSantis walking around in his white boots. I thought that was just a terrible, terrible look. 
You know, I I saw DeSantis, uh, I guess, in Iowa last week. This is not the white boots, but this is another reflection on his dress. And you know how in a big storm when the politicians come out and they have their whole team behind them and they put on like the official jacket or the official shirt uh, with the emblem. Okay, so I I, DeSantis, I saw in Iowa last week wearing uh, a shirt that looks like it it came from, I don't know, the the shooting lodge at uh, Blackberry in Tennessee or something. And it had his name on it. And it just struck me as so odd to be out campaigning, a little right. retail politicking with a shirt with your name on it. But, yeah, I'll give you the white boots. That That is that is another one for sure. More of your examples in a moment. I mentioned the 2013 Politico deep dive took me totally down a rabbit hole to understand what happened with the Dukakis tank. It was written by Josh King, Bill Clinton's former director of production for presidential events and author of a great book, Off Script. An Advanced Man's Guide to White House Stagecraft, Campaign Spectacle, and Political Suicide. And this is Josh. Hey, Josh, obviously it's Mike Pence pumping gas that has me thinking about these type of faux pas, but the granddaddy of them all is still the tank, right? Great to be with you, Michael. Yeah, every couple months when we watch activity on the campaign trail, something happens like Pence recording his own campaign promotional video and making... Uh, errors in doing so that gets picked out by people that brings us back to September 13, 1988, when the Democratic nominee for President Michael Dukakis went out to Sterling Heights, Michigan, to uh, General Dynamics Land Systems and thought it would be a good idea to demonstrate his bona fides in national defense by climbing into the turret of an M1A1 Abrams tank and taking uh, a back-and-forth cruise on their proving ground. Only a former advance man such as yourself, 25 years thereafter, would, quote, set out this summer with the help from Steve Silverman, a fellow advance man from 1988, to discover what had set the infamous tank ride in motion. By the way, I'm tweeting out a link to your Politico piece because the junkies who listen to my show will love it. What did you find? Well, Michael, you got to go back to the summer of 1988, the Democratic Convention in Atlanta, and the entry into the Omni Arena where the convention is being held, uh, this grand entrance from the back of the house to Neil Diamond's Coming to America, this high watermark of the Dukakis campaign in which he talks about his parents and his heritage, uh, and he emerges from that convention uh, 13 points up over Vice President Bush, uh, and you'd think that he was sort of on the road to upending eight years of Republican rule under President Reagan, and uh, quickly decamps from his home in Brookline, Massachusetts, to a summer home in the Berkshires, and and basically hides out during the Republican convention in Atlanta when Vice President uh, nominee Dan Quayle was put on the ticket. And Dukakis begins a downward spiral in the polls, and if you go a little deeper into the crosstabs of those polls, people were really questioning Dukakis's credentials on national defense issues, especially when he was against an eight-year vice president, a member of Congress, a former director of the CIA, and even a World War II aviator who was shot down uh, over uh, uh, Chichijima in the Pacific. 
And so when the Dukakis high command and probably with the candidate himself looked at what to do after Labor Day to try to shore up confidence that this governor of Massachusetts, this pragmatic politician who himself only had a couple years of service uh, in the army guarding, uh, you know, whatever needed to be guarded in Fort Evans, Massachusetts, they should show that he actually knew his way around uh, national defense issues. So they planned one of these theme weeks that you see so often in campaigns where they start in Philadelphia, they move on to Cincinnati, and ultimately they come to Michigan, to Sterling Heights, after visiting a National Guard installation at a manufacturer in Ohio of the engines for the F-16, uh, a GE plant, and ultimately to this um, uh, to this uh, General Dynamics plant where the M1A1 was made. And it's a I'm happy to go in, to go deeper, deeper into the rabbit hole about why they made that decision and how they executed it in Michigan that day on September 13th. I'll let you ask the next question. Well, can I can I cut to the chase? Like they knew, like they knew the optics of that, that he shouldn't put on the helmet. They talked about it, right? They did. Uh, They were they were at the General Dynamics Proving Ground that day. Uh, They thought that they wanted to give Dukakis the actual experience of a full speed ride, uh, the way the tank really performed. And then they wanted the benefit of a nice photo op in front of the media. But to be honest, you know, they, they, they couldn't by rule let Dukakis have a ride without having him wear a helmet because at 40 to 60 miles an hour, that's hard steel. And this is the democratic nominee for president and a brain injury uh, wouldn't be a good thing to happen. It's on September 1988. So they said, if we want to have a full a full speed ride, got to wear the helmet. The helmet was not a flattering helmet for any reason. It's a helmet with built-in headphones and microphones, and it does look like sort of a, a Rocky Squirrel or a Snoopy helmet. Um, and he was he was uh, traveling with um, the the then head of General Dynamics, uh, uh, who ultimately would become a Deputy Secretary of Defense, Gordon England, and so that Gordon and and Governor Dukakis could actually speak to the intercom system over the sound of these, of these uh, engines, Dukakis had to wear the helmet to both hear and to protect himself. And then after that, Michael, then they did this slow pass past the media platform without Dukakis wearing the helmet. The Dukakis campaign mistakenly thought that uh, the media would just take the, what they thought was the glory patent picture, but instead they also showed the full speed picture. And yet even that isn't the full story because that day itself, Michael, it wasn't considered that big a deal until Sig Rogich of the Bush whale campaign a couple weeks later made the brilliant ad about it, which didn't appear until middle of October, the fifth game of the World Series between the Dodgers and the A's. This is Josh King. By the way, he wrote a great book full of stories like this. It's called Off Script. I'm going to read one paragraph from your piece in Politico and then let you go. Advanced people consider themselves more practical and logistics-minded than headquarters staff, but how they, who were actually responsible for guiding Dukakis through the General Dynamics facility, address the issue remains a matter of dispute. Bennett wrote in his 1988 diary that they developed a compromise, then crossed their fingers. Dukakis would emerge from the garage with the helmet on and make a full-speed demo run. 
he would then take off his helmet and the tank would make a slower pass by the cameras. Quote, I told Weeks the brutal facts. Dukakis would look like a goof if he wore the helmet, but he wouldn't be able to hear and he would feel genuinely unsafe without it. Bennett wrote in his diary, Jack ruled that he would wear the helmet for the fast passes and doff his headgear for a slow picture-taking pass. If people want the full story on this, it's in my social media. They can read your piece. Hey, Josh, give me 30 seconds about Pence pumping gas. When you saw it, what did you think? Well, I I read the stories. I watched the video, Michael. Uh, I understand the memes that have come as a result. and, And I understand the way people will think about Pence as a result. The stakes are dramatically different for a guy who's number three or four on the Republican primary race versus the Democratic nominee about sure. eight weeks out. We love to say this is a Dukakis in the tank moment. It's really unfortunate for Pence, who just qualified for the debate, who is beginning to find his voice. I still think there's, you know, we're going to chuckle about this for 48 to 72 hours. It's going to come and go from our memories pretty fast. It all depends on what on, on the substance and, and, and punch that Pence delivers at the debate. Yeah, little humor would be the best response, I think. A little self-deprecation totally. on his part is the way to go. Always works. Hey, Josh, love the story. Thank you so much for allowing us to intrude on your day. Anytime, Michael. See ya. Josh King, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Off Script, An Advance Man's Guide to White House Stagecraft. Steve, you're in Jupiter. What What is top of mind? Oh, John Kerry. You're, do you remember when John Kerry, I mean, here's an honest-to-God war hero, you know, sir, three, three uh, purple hearts and all that. But he was constantly trying to prove his manlyhood. And remember, maybe once he got off that surfboard, he went hunting to prove he was a, a man of the people. And he had all brand new hunting gear on. And someone caught him a picture of the bottom of the sole of his boot that still had the price tag on it. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do not. I do not remember that. You know, John John Kerry, I uh he wrote a memoir and I was asked by the Philadelphia Free Library if I would interview him in front of a live audience and I said, "Sure, of course I will." I read the book and spent some time with him in connection with this event and I thought he was charming and really impressive and and quite unlike the caricature that's been made of him and you're right, the guy was a bona fide war hero. I know. I liked him myself. And, and, you know, the right, they actually said that he had three purple hearts. He did that on purpose so he could get out early. Crazy, crazy stuff. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go look for that for that image. Uh, here's another one. Bobby, you're in North Carolina in Greensboro. Give me a moment that a candidate revealed themselves to being a little unlike the rest of us. All right. I'm going get, to get the ladies on the board here, Michael. It's when Sarah Palin said she could see Russia from her front porch. I mean, a foolish statement for sure. I don't know that it set her apart from everybody else, right? Are we putting that in the same category? I think that's the corporations are people too. That's the Maybe. basket of deplorables. Yeah, Their right. actions yeah. and their statements. I'll tell you this, Sarah Palin, say what you will about her. But when I hired her to do... What are those those videos? Cameo. A cameo yeah. for my wife's birthday. From Cora and Potts. She delivered. She knocked it out of the park. She stepped outside. She was there awesome. Was snow. I don't think. I, and by the way, I don't think she had any idea. Even though I've interviewed her in the past, I don't think she had any idea that I was the one who paid for it. Right. But it's true. I hired her. You're right. 
for, for, on behalf of our dogs. Right. And by, and we told that to Sarah Palin. Yeah. And it was like a few hundred bucks. It was awesome. Oh, she's like, oh, Coram Potts, those sweethearts, they just yeah. love your wife. And she said something like, like I know they're in your backyard. Let me show you my backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she zooms around with the camera. Right. It's snowing. It's spectacular in Alaska. <laughs> so that's that's what I most remember Sarah Palin for. Uh, Doug, you are in Birmingham, Alabama. Greetings. What are you thinking of? Michael, I've got two for you. One is uh, I'm thinking of George H.W. Bush checking his watch impatiently during the uh, presidential debate. debate. Yep. And, uh, as I recall, it was not a Timex. And uh, the second one is uh, North Carolina Senator John Edwards when it came out that he had had some, I don't remember the dollar amount, some ridiculously expensive haircut, $1,000 or $1,500 while he was, I think at the time, John Kerry's running mate. There have to be a million of them for for, for Edwards. There just have to be, by definition. I, I can't think of what they were, but there have to have been many of these sort of moments in the in the past Edwards campaign. Uh, Stan, you're in Virginia in Whitestone. What are you thinking of? Good morning, Michael. How are you? Hi. All good. I'm, I'm going to give you another Sarah Palin moment that was a forehead-slapping time. During the Katie Couric interview, when she was asked to name any newspaper or magazine that she read, she paused with that deer-in-the-headlights look and then said, all of them. And that one, to me, got my attention about whether she was like the rest of us. Well, let me tell you something. I agree with you relative to Sarah Palin. But if you ever hear me say it, it will actually be true because that's what I do for a living. I don't speak. I read. Uh, This is Joe in Illinois. Joe, where is he? There he is. Hi, Joe. Who do you have on your list? Hi, Joe. Hello. Hello. Hey, go ahead. Hey, now. Uh, now. I got uh, Hillary Clinton trying to relate to black voters saying she keeps that hot sauce in her purse. Did she? Yeah, I forget the time and place. <laughs> what what hot sauce was it? <laughs> I don't recall. I'm, I'm going to get some uh, Louisiana. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, sriracha. Maybe it was sriracha sauce. Are you finding she it? Doesn't, she doesn't uh, say, uh, but they asked what item she always carried with her, and her immediate answer was hot sauce. And it was at, it was on the hip hop morning show, The Breakfast Club, on an urban radio station, Power One Hundred Five One, and everybody was like pandering. Uh, Rehoboth, Delaware. This is David. David, who are you thinking of? Uh, I'm thinking of Ross Perot, who used to work for, um, who in the debate against Papa Bush and Clinton, Bush accused him. He said, "You don't have any experience," and, and Perot famously said. You're damn right I'll have any experience running up $3 trillion in debt. And, uh, I think it was shortly after that Bush got caught looking at his watch. Maybe that, but, maybe uh, that, that is the, the that reason. Was... Thank you, David. That was all. Thank you, gang. That was great fun. That was really, really great fun. Yeah. Thank you, Mike Pence. Uh, mother might not be happy with you over the, the pumping of the gas, but we sure are because that was just fun to... Be equal opportunity offenders and point out all R's and D's who have had similar moments. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Be- 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.